Welcome to episode 8 of the Electronic Gentleman podcast entitled The Shock of Silence. It sounds a little bit like a, a thriller. Well, basically what we're talking about here is what is it like when you have just been hired by a remote company and all of a sudden you are probably in your own city with no other employees around and you don't really know anyone. Sometimes, as we've talked about before, it can be months before you meet some people or even longer. So what's it like to start? And what if at the very beginning you don't have a whole lot to do? There's usually a ramp up period and um, sometimes it takes a while before things start moving. I talked to a couple of our employees about this last week, Jeff and Jim, and they both said that it was a little unsettling at first. You're used to being at a job where you see people, you get feedback, you know what's happening. And then all of a sudden to have a bunch of free time at the beginning of, of your new job makes you wonder if the job's going to last or if this was a mistake or whatever. So anyway, Eric and I talked through that a little bit. As always, these opinions are just mine and Eric's personally. So with all of that said, please enjoy episode eight of the Electronic Gentleman podcast. Electronic Gentleman intro, take one. They can help you near or far, they know all the technology. Feel trapped at work, boss is a jerk, life filled with misery. Then you better stay tuned, these are the right dudes, they're gonna show you the way. They quit their job, now all they do is hobnob. Listen to the electronic gentleman today. Hobnob. That was from our uh, good friends, Christina and Allie from the Christina Wells Band in Houston. Uh, they are awesome. And we were talking at a New Year's party and they agreed to record us a jingle. And they uh, uh, went off on their own and put that together for us. And we really appreciate it. The Christina Wells Band, they're killer. Very, very nice. That was uh, that's awesome of them to do that for us. I think this is just a rough cut at this point, but we're going to be... Um getting that to some real music so as a matter of fact ignore that music i have there in the background um that's my weak attempt at trying to um trying to put things together in garage band to their vocals <laughs> garage so band hobbyist we'll get that thing polished up and uh, ready to go but again thanks ladies we really appreciate it this week we are talking about what it's like to onboard new people and what is it like for the people that we hire that are experiencing a bit of a shock um, from what they're used to as far as a typical work day. And I talked to a couple of our team members the other day about this, just not for the podcast, but just kind of casually talking about things. And they both made the point that when they first started, you know, they had a fair amount of work to do at the outset. And then after that project was done, then it just, they were done for a while and there wasn't any work for them to do. And I think that was a little unsettling because that's some, you know, at a certain time, well, it was a little unsettling. It's common when you're at a company to start doubting your value, I guess, when you're not working. And I thought we would talk through that a little bit of what our, our mindset is on that because we're constantly reassuring people that that's not actually the case. 
Yeah. And I, I always look at it as like a, what am I doing here feeling? Uh, you know, that, that not just those two, but other people have said um, when they're having their first day, because early on when we, you know, when we started and the, the first employees started joining with us, nothing existed. Uh, you know, there, there was, there was nothing that had happened before and everything to do going forward. And everyone knew that. Uh, but now uh, I described it as a fire hose of information the other day. Uh, we've brought new people on at the beginning of this year who then get to go into Slack, which is, it would be like jumping into social media, you know, years after all your friends have, and then going back and looking through everything that they've ever posted. It's like that, but with different aspects of, of working at the company. So just a giant uh, pile of information drops on you now uh, when you start working here because of the way we do things. And, you know, and then there's Google Documents and, and just, there's just a million different things to look at with all the tools. So I understand how it feels overwhelming. It's hard for me to feel like I'm in those shoes because I haven't done it. But in general, I get you know, hey, there's a there's a lot of stuff to learn here. I don't know it all, and I don't really have anything I'm doing. Um, I, you know, I, I get it, and it's our job to I think make that easier on new people as they come in. Yeah, and one of the things we're trying to do is we've created a wiki at the company for the things that are the things you probably need to know when you first start. Historically, it's been sort of a we'll get you up to speed on that when it becomes relevant. But to some extent, we're like introducing people to some new processes and procedures that they're used to. And then we're also throwing in a bunch of things that they weren't doing before. And it can be overwhelming. And especially if you're not used to, you know, or you're not a social media type person, um, it really is like a fire hose uh, when you give someone access to Slack because they can go back uh, in a project and look at the entire history and, and which is great uh, to get a sense for the way we do things. But it's also like, where do I start? We have over 100 Slack channels, and um, I thought we would take an opportunity in this episode because we just had some new people join. Um, I thought we would talk a little bit about what our what our thought on it is because it seems like a common thing where people are always like, "Well, I'm really worried. I don't." I, I and it's even harder when they don't know anyone because they're usually in a, a an isolated environment. They're not in a position to meet up with other people in the company. So it's a little bit of a, okay, now what uh, mindset? It's, it's your job to have a culture where you don't feel, where someone new doesn't feel isolated and not talked to. And honestly, I don't know how we did it before. I think we were just smaller and a lot of people knew each other. Um, but, you know, you, you might be the only person in your city because, you know, as, with this kind of remote business, we're hiring the people that we want to work here, regardless of where they work. So, you know, we've got one person in Kansas City. We've got one, uh, well, two people in Chicago, but you know, it moves around. And and it's it, being able to have that culture where everyone's like, hey, welcome aboard. So we'll make a, an entire Slack channel for whoever the new person is. And then everyone goes in there and welcomes the new person, tells them, hey, go, you know, go to all these other different places where we talk. Here's where we talk about what we're raging about. Here's where we talk about what we're happy about. Here's where we talk about, you know, new technology and toys. And if your culture is right... Um, you know, if you're lucky enough to have the right people and the right people are enjoying working there with you as much as, as much as you yourself should be, they'll love bringing new people in and sharing everything about the company with them and sharing what they like and probably go off the side and sharing what they don't like too. But that's cool because that's still just, that's still being inclusive and making new people feel like they belong. 
And that's the most important thing because there's there's two out there's two elements to I think starting a new job, and one of them is your job, and one of them is the company you work at. You might know how to do your job because you've done it somewhere else, maybe even with some of the same people. The company you work at is always going to be different, um, and so there's going to be those little like the Pulp Fiction thing about you know Europe, just those little differences, like it's Le Big Mac and like mayonnaise on fries, beer at you know beer at McDonald's. I didn't go into Burger King. Or beer at the movie. I'm sorry. Didn't go into Burger King. Right. I'd hate to mess that up. Um, you know, th- those little differences are going to be there and you've got to have your coworkers bring you into it. I don't even know. I think it's more, if you're the owner of the company, it, you do as much as you can to onboard people, but you even more want to have the whole team bring somebody on when they're new. And that's, I think that's more important. Yeah, what, absolutely. What, what credibility, because honestly, your, your coworkers, even though, you know, everyone here, are, we, we're all co-workers and whoever's in charge of something depends on the project and not who owns what. But um, but your co-workers, other employees are going to have more credibility than an owner because of just because of bias. Yeah, so that's that's who you want really saying, you know, this is the best way to do things unless they're morons. And if they're morons, you know, they'll tell you the wrong thing and I'll make sure they're that's gone. True. Yeah, well. <laughs> There you go. I just always, I just have to point out morons every time. I don't I don't know why we don't even have any, but I like to talk about them. Yeah, you got to. Um, Well, so for the people that are not used to being social, um, they're not chatty, and they maybe they don't type real fast, and so they don't jump into the fast paced conversations. um, I will I will say the people that are are able to do that, uh, I think things they get acclimated much more quickly. But even if you're not like that, um, I think that we can give some tips here. And I think we can give maybe some things that we didn't necessarily do right, as we try to do as our general theme. One of the things, kind of what I mentioned earlier, is just forgetting what people don't know. Um, and then expecting you know them to know the processes um, when, when we get into a situation where, well... We've got one platform for delivering work product. We've got another one for storing work files. We've got another one for communicating. And then we have another one for communicating with clients. And it it takes a lot of getting used to. So during the time of transition, I think that people start developing patterns about what they see their role becoming throughout the company. But I also think it's useful if we can point out some things that we think are valuable to do during the downtime. Obviously, when you are in a downtime situation, especially if you've been on something really busy, you want to take a break. And that's part of the whole thing. That's part of the whole benefit, being remote. Um, But there will come a time when um, some people quicker than others start getting antsy about, okay, what am I doing here? What's going on? Um, How do I make forward progress? Goes a little bit into what we talked about last week. Um, so what, if, if you were to give an ideal version of what you think people should do in their downtime when they're, when they're done recovering from the last gig, what, what do you do or what do you think people should do? You know, I don't really have any specifics and I'm not going to say any, you know, making cold calls or something like that. That's, that's awful. Um, you know, we don't even do that. A, a lot of businesses probably need to do that sort of thing. So that might be how you fill your time. Um, but here I would just say it's stay connected, you know, unless you're taking a scheduled vacation or you have some, something else where you've said, okay, I'm going to be offline and I'm covered. That's different. 
Um, just your downtime where you don't have a case you're working on. You don't, there's not a project right in front of you. Um, you know, think about what would be good. Look at the website. Is there some, you know, some new part of the website that would be, that would be cool. Take that. Um, so ideally to me, um, besides decompressing and making sure you're not burned out to, to fill in that time, there's just stay connected with everyone else. Make sure you see what's going on and see if somebody needs help and if people are reaching out for help. And besides that, for billable projects, just look around, you know, and think, you know, what 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 could be better? Um, we've got people that will look at the website and say, I'm going to start just redesigning this on my own. I love nothing more than people who do things without asking permission. Um, that that to me is is, is fantastic. It's just to to say. Uh, you know, I'm going to upgrade this database to to make sure that, you know, we're, we're tracking so-and-so for whatever project we're talking about. You know, I don't, I don't need to get too specific in what we do, but, you know, in general, something that will help the company going forward, something that will cut time out going forward. Think about how when you're lazy and you don't want to do something, how could it be automated? Well, maybe in your downtime, make that happen for everyone. And then, and that's then, what, that's and what then, I do in my uptime. That's, that's that's your main thing. Is, is that's is, my is, main goal? Is focus your really laziness. Bored. Focus laziness like a laser. Yeah. Um, I've said this to people in the past, and I think it's important, and it can be difficult. But the goal is to take time for yourself. Uh, now, vacations are different. Some people really need to disconnect for vacations, and we try to allow for that as much as possible, unless somebody is the only point of contact with a client or something like that. And they really do need to be involved a little bit. You know, I, I, I know that I know the value of that and I know I should do it, but I'm one of those people who can't, you know, if, if, if we're at Disney world and I'm in line for something and everyone's looking at their phones, I will definitely absolutely check the work communications because that's where, that's where my friends yeah. are. And that's what I want. Right. That's where I want to see what, what's happening. I'm not, I'm not saying give me some, some work to do. But I'll definitely check in and see what's going on. Otherwise, you know, Lord knows what's happening. It could be on fire. Everyone's running around like crazy. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it may be a little bit different because we're own, we own the company. But kind of the point we were making last week, too, is that your position in the company and progress in the company is often driven on your vision for the company and turning your job into what you want it to be. And I think that keeping uh, keeping tabs with projects that are important even if it's from a distance and you've got somebody monitoring it or doing the day-to-day -day communications or even the day-to-day -day work, it's still, I'm like you, I like to be in touch, but I don't necessarily like to be in, in demand when I'm on a vacation for sure. That's a good way but, to put it. Yeah. I'd like to, you know, do drive-by wisecracks, but, but not have right. to make, not have to make decisions or sit down at my computer and do anything. Yeah. And you know, going to the, the thing about establishing a normal, that can be really important because, and that's just, you know, personality and your your personal situation at home and family situation, all of that plays a role into it. The way I like to see it is you should be working unless you're away from work for a while versus not working unless somebody gets your attention and brings you back to work. And that sounds like a subtle difference. And again, I'm not talking about vacation, but I think I know what you're saying, and it's uh, be on unless you're off. Don't be off until you're asked to be on. And it's again, it's 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 the same thing, but there's a, there's a huge distinction there. Um, you know, do you have to be tracked down? And that's that's that is a legitimate problem 
for everyone when when you work remotely and you work from home and you work on the types of projects that come and go. Uh, and there, you know, it's either it's an emergency and it needs to be done right away, or you're finished with it, or it's something you know about and you've already and you've already scheduled out. But um, it's tough. And that that downtime you talk about when people are saying, "What am I doing here? What's my role? Am I okay? Is my job okay?" That's that time where you finish a project and there's not another one for you. And it's easy for me to say, like, "Man, just chill out, just enjoy it." So I think my my bottom line is there's a difference between someone who needs to be tracked down when you're needed. And someone who is just there, even if they're not working on a project. Yeah, that's that seems like that's obvious. But we've been through some things recently where the that line and where it's drawn and separating your work from your home life and separating your work time from when you're doing other things. It's a little bit of a balancing act. And, you know, it's great to say that, you know, you can work remotely and do your own thing when you have things come up, but it's it really is about striking the balance if you want to move forward and I think be successful. Availability is priority number one. Uh, well, not even re- availability, responsiveness is priority number one. And now there's a period of time that we know you're away, that's one thing, but being responsive shows that you're engaged and being engaged shows that you're available to do work and that you're on top of things. Let's talk about the difference between availability and responsiveness, because that's interesting that you pointed that out. What I'm hearing and what I, th- what, and what I think that means for myself is 24-7 availability, that's unrealistic and no one wants that for anyone. And you don't even need to have that during the eight you know, business hours, you know, whatever those are supposed to be during the day. But you know, if say you're out getting your dry cleaning or something and someone sends you something that seems rather urgent, respond from the dry cleaner that you'll be on that quickly. And when you'll be back there instead of, you know, just being unavailable. So you can just, you don't have to be locked down in your house when you work remotely. You know, what everyone loves is responsiveness. You know, when you send out a question out there to somebody I don't know anybody, especially me. It's like, man, I hope this takes like uh, two hours to hear back, you know, back from. And the thing is, everyone expects that. No one expects quick responses. So when you get them, th- you know, that stands out to me a little bit. And and I've always said, you know, I haven't gotten very far, but I got at least this far, but not by being smart or being particularly good at anything, but being really quick to respond, even when it's about no- it's about nothing. It gives people comfort. And, you know, a lot of consulting type businesses, that's really what you're selling is you're selling comfort. People who've hired you don't need to worry about you, don't need to worry about whether or not you care about them. And the best way to show someone you care about them is to respond right away and say, I hear you. I'll be on this. Um, Let me get back to you in, in 20 minutes instead of waiting that 30 minutes to get back to them in the first place. And it really, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean something bad if somebody takes a while to respond everybody has things come up but if it always takes somebody a long time to respond then you start losing that comfort that you're talking about where it's like i know that that person has my back i know they're focused on work when when uh, when it needs to be done i'm can't do it right now i'm responding as soon as you know as soon as i get this i'm responding i'll tell you when i'll be able to do it that goes a long way it it makes a huge difference not everything is urgent but it's but it's just nice uh, to get back to, and sometimes that pulls you away from what you're doing. But to me, I have found that I've that I've benefited from that. 
Um, I think I get a lot of, you know, if there's ever a time that I don't respond to something right away, I would hope that I get the benefit of the doubt because, you know, for the last 10 years, I've responded to everything, no matter what I'm doing immediately. You know, even if I'm in the middle of editing a video or something, I'll have a device next to me, something will come up and I'll say, I hear you. Okay, I'll get to that. It's on my list. So much better than just ignoring it and making people wonder if you saw it in the first place. Um, yeah. I mean, that's, that's just, that's critical when you work remotely. Uh, if you're in an office and the people you're working with are all around you, totally different kind of vibe. Um, but you just, when people are all working remotely from home, you just don't know who is actually seeing what you're sending or paying attention when. Yeah, if you were all in the same room together, you'd know who was there and who was paying attention. But the only way we really know to gauge who's paying attention is how quickly people respond. Right. And, and now, I mean, that I, now, now I realize that's kind of a pain. And I'm thinking that we're going to do one big office now. One big <laughs> open plan, big old room or small room and cram yeah. everybody into it. Well, either That'll that or it. everybody's on video chat all the time. Yeah. And so it's, it's either just an empty chair or it's somebody there just right. staring at their keyboard. And then right. I'll be like, hey, what's happening? I'll be like, hey. Be you know, we, right? we really don't have problems with it. I mean, we have, I mean, it's great for us. I mean, this stuff that we're talking about, um, the culture for it at core is spectacular. You yeah. know, and I love it. But, but, you know, you always feel like you're on the edge of disappointing someone or looking like you're not available. You know, especially when everyone knows that you're working from home. Yeah, I mean, I don't think we'd probably be talking about it as openly if we had a big problem with it. But I do think it's something to pay attention to when you're when you're starting out and, and whether it's our company or any company, the remote um, office thing is great, but that's really the only gauge of how engaged you are is responsiveness. Um, and it, it makes a difference because it may impact, you know, if there's something that comes in the door and somebody needs to handle it, your first responders may be the ones you start going to first. And, and I'm not saying, uh, I mean, that's just, that's common sense. There's maybe more opportunity for somebody that presents themselves as available. Right. Um, and, you know, look, it, it, we're talking about people who do what we do, which is, you know, respond to requests as they come up or, you know, work on graphics for a long time. But, you know, we also work with, we work with a programmer and, the expectation of his responsiveness is not anything like it is with the rest of ours. Um, you know, I'll, I'll send him requests and the, the, the gauge of whether or not he's doing his job is it every Friday or whenever it makes sense. Am I getting a, a, a new build of that program that, that works, that has a bunch of new stuff in it for me to test. And there's a, and then, and see that will come along with a long email of here's everything that's new. Here's the problems I ran into. You know, there's not back and forth all week. Uh, that That's one of those working remotely, but it's head down, plow through it, and then have a deliverable at the end of the week. Um, but, you know, I don't think I don't think most people work like that, where you're just like you're writing a term paper on your own <laughs> that, you have, that you have to finish every week. Yeah, it is different. And uh, there are times where I kind of wish that it would be easy to switch from one role to the other. Because, you know, I'm usually in consultant mode, but there are times where I'm working on some complicated graphic and it makes it really hard to concentrate because I'm trying to also be responsive. And it is a challenge and it really does depend a lot on what you're doing and what you're focused on. And I think so was we that, could... I say, was that your call for an administrative assistant to sit there and field? <laughs> yes. Just field sit right next to me. Field the yeah. unimportant things for you? Like this is it. Just sit there and filter stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Well... <laughs> 
I, I probably already know that uh, the For the Lulz channel doesn't need my immediate response. But I mean, it's, you know, comedy is all about timing. So, you know, if I miss it, come back later and be like, ba-boom, uh, there's that funny thing I was going to say. It just kind of defeats the purpose. Oh, yeah. You can see other people's typing their funny thing and you got to type yours as much faster. Because, yeah, you yeah. got to be first is always funniest. Is yeah, and no not to mention, especially says. when it says several <laughs> people are typing. <laughs> right. And you know, you got you to gotta get that in there. Right. So that is a little bit, uh, we kind of took this into what is your normal routine turn into. But I think that this hopefully will be helpful for somebody coming in and starting to get nervous. I mean, there have been times that we've hired people and it was like, okay, great. Uh, we've done your welcome channel. It's great to have you on board. And then maybe there isn't a project right away, and it's just so foreign to people to not have somebody telling them what to do. There's a couple of reasons um, beyond what we've talked about for that. One is it's not just the people in charge that hired you that are giving you work or that are communicating work with you. It really is getting into the flow of what the other team members are doing, the employees, and they can start engaging you into the process that they're involved in because there's all these little groups going on is, is essentially what's happening. Little teams working on individual projects. And until you know people, how would they know to reach out to you other than us telling them, hey, this, this person's now available, reach out to them. Or for you to get accustomed to looking for someone you can help. So it is a process and I would say it's a ramp up. We are not expecting somebody to come in and hit the ground running. It's happened that it's that it's worked out that way, but it's also happened that it hasn't, and, and that's fine. That's just part of it. That's what I was going to say. I think it's fine to not learn everything your first day because you can't anyway. So just, you know, have the culture where everyone wants to help someone who, who is, is newer than them learn what's going on. But that doesn't, that doesn't have to be just dumped on your head um, in, in the form of a handbook. I think the wiki is a good start. There are other things where it'll be like, oh yeah, this person's not set up on this yet. We probably ought to get that going if they're going to be working on this project. Right. But if it was important, that when it's important, it comes up. So, you know, me, I'm, I'm a little looser about that sort of thing. You know, yeah. somebody could not know how to use something we have for a year and clearly it's fine or it would have been a problem. <laughs> we would have fixed it. That's so, true. I mean, like for instance, know. Eddie still doesn't know how to use Dropbox, I think. Is that I don't I don't think he's ever heard of it. Yeah, I don't know. That's our that's it's our main tool for sharing work product. But uh, yeah, I, I mentioned it to Eddie the other day, and he just went and picked up a box and walked away. Yeah, and and, uh, and dropped <laughs> box it. of mustard, box of mustard. Yeah, and uh, he bloated it in his truck, and then that was the last we heard from him for a while. I don't there's know. If that's there's to be there's to be at least one at Eddie reference a show. Yeah, at least one. Speaking of which, I think we should call Eddie one of these times and um, see if he can co-host with us, just like without any warning. He doesn't deserve a warning. Well, uh, cool. I think uh, this we we found out that some of the uh, new hires we have have been listening to this podcast, and so we thought we'd uh, do something useful for them. So this one is directed at them or anybody that is coming into this remote work environment after being in a nine-to-five office job or even in a job where you were just telecommuting. It's still very different. It's uh, your involvement in the company hinges on people that you may not meet for months. So it's a process. It's a back and forth process. But um, but that's that's what we've been doing so far. And so far, it's been going pretty well that way. So next week, our friend and colleague Alex Miller 
is going to be talking about a program that he's put together um, as a bit of a personal passion project that he's doing with his family and kids that is giving back to the community but still doing something he's interested in um, on the creative side. So we will be talking to Alex next week. So it was a good show today, and I'm glad you wrote it, even though I said we'd do it live. And now let's let Christina Wells play us out. Play us out. What do you mean? What does that mean, play us out? <laughs> what, what play us it? out, you know? <laughs> what does it even mean? I'll write it. I'll, I'll, I, I can't do, do it. I can't do it. <laughs>